Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Reality Sucks. I'm your loyal hostess and sister in Christ, Ella Bravo, Madeline. I'm sorry it's been a couple weeks. I went on another bachelorette trip and I got lazy. Um, my husband and I are going to Italy, of course, the week the Vanderpump reunion comes out. So anybody from Europe let me know if I can still get Peacock access. I have no idea how that's going to work. I'm nervous. I'm excited. I'm I'm all these things, but I really hope I can get at least some clips because I'm going to have the, the worst FOMO ever. So this week was so rich and I even missed last week. So I feel like it's all kind of blurred together for me. But I do want to start with Vanderpump. Then we'll go into... Atlanta. Our peaches are back. Uh, summer house and then a little bit on below deck sailing. So Vanderpump. And I said this again, you guys, what the fuck are we going to do when Vanderpump is over? I mean, Scandival has been the first thing I think about when I wake up and the last thing I think about when I go to bed. And right now I'm unemployed. So you think, Madeline, why don't you maybe think about further applying to jobs and, and you know, really, really getting your foot in the door? You're right, Deborah. I should. But I'm not as much because I'm consumed with this. So <laughs> this week we see a lot more Easter eggs and we see the purchasing of the lightning bolt necklace. And if I need to refresh you, Tom Sandoval wears a lightning bolt, loves a lightning bolt. I don't know what the fuck it is. He's electrically charged. So we see Raquel out and about shopping with what's her butt, Charlie. I think that's her name. I don't know. She's incredibly irrelevant. I'm sure she's a sweet girl. God bless. Buying the lightning necklace. I was shocked. I was shocked that they captured this footage, but I was more shocked that Sandoval didn't buy her this. I had 1000% thought that he purchased this as like their inside little gift to like, you know, their love, wear their love out in the open whilst the affair is occurring. So that floored me. And then we also see a big exchange between Ariana and Raquel, unbeknownst to Ariana, Raquel was fishing and putting her feelers out to get a read on Sandoval and Ariana's relationship status and kind of where they stood and where she thought they stood. But I want to back up a little bit because that was towards the end of this episode. So we start out kind of recapping the Tom Schwartz and Raquel of it all, Katie's disdain for the situation, how Katie and Tom aren't really getting along, the something about her sandwich shop is entering the chat. They're giving a little preview to everybody. And Raquel doesn't come to this, but she does come to that party, which which was honestly kind of the focal point of the episode was the something about her party at Sir. But what really stood out to me earlier on in the episode was Sandoval's conversation with Ariana. And he says, 
I want more quality time. I I want to, you know, fight for this relationship. And she's like, yeah, I do too. I want to go on walks together. I want to, you know, go to dinners alone, not with other people. I don't have to get drunk or fucked up to spend time with you. And he's like, well, I want to take shrooms and get high as a motherfucking kite to feel something or go hang gliding. Like what? That's his idea of quality time. So they have that conversation. And then Ariana says to him and has reiterated this in her confessionals, I can't have sex with a stranger. And he's like, we can't have sex like four times a year. That's just not healthy. I completely agree. If I was banging my husband four times a year, I probably wouldn't be with my husband. So like, again, there are glaring red flags in their relationship and there have been for a while. Um, I think Ariana's like lack of sex drive and her insecurities about her bodies, her body. I remember her talking about like how she was insecure about her vagina even. And this was pre or post Lala box munching on her. Um, hopefully that gave her a little confidence boost. Regardless, she's a beautiful woman, but I think insecurities clouded it. But I also think Sandoval probably added to those insecurities with his subtle comments that we may not see, with his narcissism. Who knows? Like, who knows what mental, physical toll that can take on some person unless you're in that relationship, right? So, okay, going back to that conversation. They basically kind of, in in a viewer's mind, obviously knowing what happened with Scandival, but if we didn't, if we took that out of the equation, we're thinking, okay, they're trying to work on it, whatever. They're going to, Tom will make a concerted effort. And then we hear more about this pool party that Sheena was hosting or she video blogged, it blogged, it was at someone's house, but that Tom did not make an effort to leave the party when our, after Ariana found out that her grandmother died. Like, what the hell? And Ariana clearly was trying to cover for him on his behalf a little bit. So this is when I want to dive into the Give Them Lala podcast. So Lala has her own podcast, and I listened to it this week because I didn't want the Cliff Notes version. I wanted to get the full spiel. And what she had said was interestingly enough, her mother was at that party with her watching Ocean or helping watch Ocean. And she overheard Sandoval on the phone with Ariana. And Ariana was lighting him up. She was fucking pissed and hurt that he wasn't getting out of there. And he was pretending that he was dropping the call. Like the service was so bad. He couldn't get a lift. And Lala was like, there were Ubers coming in and out of that place. Like that was not the issue. He claimed that, well, he was going to go with his friend, but then, you know, he didn't catch his friend or what have you. And she said, she saw them say goodbye. And she said this on the episode too, but her mom overhearing everything was, was a new update. And she also said that, there were comments made. So this kind of goes into Schwartz. And if you remember like a week or two ago when they were at Rick Hell's little party in the fucking valley or wherever they went, um, where she spilled the ranch, which was horrible, horrendous. Like 
I'm a ranch girl. That's like a crime, spilling homemade ranch. So she was talking about how Schwartz made that subtle comment. And here's what I think was going on. And and Lala validated this. And Katie actually validated another piece that I'm going to tie into this. But in terms of Schwartz like making that comment, he knew what was going on at that point. He knew about the affair. He knew shit was going down. So when he said Raquel is a type, married or taken men, watch out Brock, watch out Sandoval, and Sandoval, you know, gives him daggers. I think Schwartz was doing that as kind of a fuck you to Sandoval because he's like, I'm under your thumb. I know I am. You're my meal ticket. I'm like financially indebted to you. And I'm, I can't refrain from just saying something a little snarky. So, and then backing up even further, and this is Lala confirmed this and Katie, this is her suspicion as well on Watch What Happens Live. She said this, that Tom, the Tom Schwartz and Raquel of it all, our collective suspicion is that Raquel was never interested in Schwartz. She was using it to make Sandoval jealous. Um, maybe she did have some little level of interest, wanted to try it out, but the whole kissing him at the resort at Sheena's wedding was completely going to make Sandoval jealous. I think at the time, Schwartz had no clue. I think he was totally bought in. He thought, you know, why not? I think right after the wedding is when Sandoval told him, yo, back off Raquel, like I'm hooking up with her or maybe even that night. And I kind of think it was that night because the next morning he acted so weird with Raquel and was like, hey, buddy. But I completely think that was her fuck you to Sandoval for still being with Ariana when I have feelings for you and we've hooked up and whatever. And then, of course, you know, we have the classic dipped out, which I think Sandoval said that about 30 times. And he did that very deliberately and being vague and trying to confuse people, which I think he tries to do with his verbiage and gaslight people. Um, Something Lala said as well in terms of like him being manipulative with his words, Lala was discussing when Ariana found out about the affair, she immediately told everyone and their cousin Because she was like, I'm going to lose the nerve and not be able to tell everyone I want to about this because Sandoval's going to, you know, rewire my brain and I'm going to succumb to it. I'm going to either try to work through it or keep it a secret or whatever. So I think that, you know, was a very likely possibility of something like that happening if she hadn't issued a blanket statement to everybody that this is what happened. And I also think the cat was out of the bag because Sheena knew and whatever. And the videos were sent to Sheena that night when she found the phone. But going back to, you know, the episode itself, I want to dive more into the post, something about her sur party. So one of the main things that stuck out to me initially was how awkward and like blatant, uncomfortable Raquel is to Katie and her mother the lack of respect to Terry was unbelievable like I was I was flabbergasted by that because I never considered Raquel to be 
a directly rude person, but it's almost like, and Lala said this too on her podcast, like she has reached this breaking point in her life where she's been trying so hard to be this prim and proper pageant queen. And I think that she has a lot of other issues she's dealing with. And I think she just kind of snapped. And you can see that in her personality, how she's like deliberately approaching Katie, trying to get a rise. Hey, Katie. Hey, Terry. Like, no, just smile politely and move on. And then, oh my God, this was the worst. When she goes up to Katie and sits down and is seemingly trying to like smooth things over saying, your sandwiches were great. I tried them. And Katie is like monotone, like get the fuck out of my face. Thanks. Bye. And then Raquel just switches and is like, but I really think you need to back off Tom Schwartz. Like you're rage texting him and that's not appropriate and don't bring the dogs into it. And she's like, who the fuck do you think you are? You're not Tom's girlfriend. You're not my friend. Like you have no skin in this game. And it was, it was like jaw dropping how stupid Raquel sounded and how tone deaf she is to the situation. And that's when Lala kind of pitches in and is, Katie looks at Lala and she's like, are you hearing this? And she's like, yeah, it's fucking unbelievable. And then Terry chimes in, which who is Katie's mother. And as a reminder, Terry met up with them in Vegas because she lives there and had this conversation with Raquel and all the girls about Tom Schwartz hooking up with other people in the group and how Raquel was interested and how that really hurts Katie and whatever. And it was you know, uncomfortable because Raquel wasn't really relenting. She just was kind of nodding. So fast forwarding back to this moment, Terry chimes in and says something along the lines of, you know, Raquel, that really hurt me when I heard that you were doing that. And she goes, okay, Terry. Like it was so fucking uncalled for and disrespectful. Like say I did something stupid and was in that moment, I would have at least turned toward Terry and been like, I completely understand. I'm sorry. You know, I just kind of want to talk to Katie right now, but I, I really, you know, respect and acknowledge your opinion. But like the fact that you would have that conversation so openly and publicly, she wants a rise. And it's almost like she's doing anything in her power to get the attention off her by getting more attention on her. And what I mean by that is she's trying to get the affair and the guilt off of her and out of her head by distracting herself with more drama and maybe even intentionally getting people to get the focus off any suspicion with her and Sandoval. Because the suspicion really started for everybody after this hot tub you know, sleepover where he was super vague about Schwartz sleeping over or not. Raquel was sleeping on the couch. Wait, no, she was sleeping in the guest room. Wait, no, she was sleeping in Tom's room, which he course corrected pretty quickly when he was like, I mean, my guest room, not my room. And Lala said as well on her podcast that <laughs> Schwartz and Sandoval clearly didn't sync up their lies because Schwartz was like, yeah, no, I, I didn't sleep over. And then was like, wait, never mind. I actually did a little bit and then left early, dipped out. But he never slept over was the consensus. And he was covering for them. He knew what was going on. There you go. So 
Back to the conversation with Katie. It just, it's so cringy and uncomfortable. And then you see Schwartz cowering behind a palm tree like a 12-year-old. When in reality, he should have went up and confronted both of them and said, hey, Raquel, I, you know, appreciate you going to bat for me, but this is really between me and Katie. And and I'd appreciate it if you, you know, stayed out of it for, for our sake. And then pulled Katie aside, had a quick conversation with her, honestly just left. Like he had no business being there, really. Um, and it is so sweet to see how endearing Terry is and how much she loves him. And it's it's honestly very sad, but he's just such an and you know, guys, I love Schwartzy and I have this soft spot for him, but he is a fucking child. He is ill-equipped, inept, just I mean, wow. But it, it, and even Vanderpump was like, you know, Schwartz, get your ass over there. And then Ariana is witnessing this whole issue, this whole disagreement with Katie and Raquel. And she goes over to Lisa Vanderpump and is crying on her shoulder and is like, I can't stand this drama. And then you have, of course, Sandoval stepping in to defend Raquel and defend Schwartz. And it's just messy and weird. And then Katie finally walks out with Tom Schwartz at her heels and they are chatting outside the bar and then Raquel comes up again. Why are you there, Raquel? Like, what the fuck do you want? What's your point? It's so weird. And I don't know if she was drunk or, but she seemed kind of like hazed and out of it. But let's back up again. Raquel and Ariana also had a conversation. They went off to this like sidebar and Raquel was asking Ariana about she and Tom's relationship. And she asked, you know, two pretty specific questions. One of which, are you guys having sex? Like, are you sexually attracted to him? The other was more so trying to suss out the the kind of next phase in the relationship. Like, if she's going to try to continue on or if, is she really committed to to making this relationship work? And Ariana was like, of course I am. Like, duh. And you could just see it. And Raquel, like, kind of puts her head in her hand. And it's like, okay, okay. And I just think the guilt is so high and about to bubble off out of, you know, Raquel's mouth. That she's, like, searching for any comfort or solace in the fact that Ariana would have said, you know what? No, our sex life is horrible. I do think this is not going to end well for us, but we'll try to work it out. That's what she wanted to hear. And I think the whole time Tom Sandoval was saying to Raquel, Ariana's been through so much. I can't do this to her right now. You're her friend. You know what she's going through. Unless she is ready to be done with me, I can't ice her out and do this to her right now. So Raquel was grasping at straws, hoping Ariana would give her any kind of, you know, any sort of indication that they were headed for not a great place. So that was the synopsis of this week's episode. We got the trailer teaser for both the finale and the reunion. The finale's uh, trailer was leaked and they still don't know. And Lala confirms this to on her episode that they don't know. It seems like some kind of inside job from an editor or someone that works 
in that studio even that could have just went in and swiped a clip and downloaded it, you will notice that the one that Bravo posted is a little different. You see a different dialogue with Schwartz or with Sandoval and Raquel. Regardless, it was jarring, disgusting, amazing, enticing. I I can't wait. And it's so gross and eerie seeing Raquel and Tom talk openly now and he's touching her with those crispy little white nails. What is it that white out? That's what like we would paint on our nails in school. That's what it looks like. I swear to shit. He just paints his nails with white out like the gross ass he is. And then there was a clip released. Um, if we're talking, you know, this just then type of news of Sandoval singing, you know, as he does horribly. And he was singing Stacy's mom. And there, it, we're not sure what he says. So we hear Schwartzy, can't you see Raquel is not for me or Raquel is hot, H-O-T for me. We still don't know. I've heard both and I've listened to it like a million times and I still can't discern what he's saying. So that begs the question, what's the status of their current relationship? Where are things at? Allegedly, she's still in some kind of health facility and has allegedly been, frankly, suicidal. Um, And honestly, it makes me sad, understandably so, with all this hate. And I think she is a very fragile mindset. I think Tom is the opposite. He's a narcissist. He loves the attention, even though he hates the attention, right? I think this is just fueling his his disgusting ego. Um, so we'll see. I'm I'm really wanting to know kind of like what's next. And Lala was saying, well, on her podcast again, I know I keep referencing this, but it's very relevant for this week. Um, she was saying that if we get renewed for a next season, how could they not? I mean, everyone wants to see the aftermath of this. I do. I will subscribe and pay extra to see a Peacock spinoff if they're going to do that. Speaking of Peacock, Bravo has now said, hey, Real Housewives of Miami, you are now back on Bravo because they have honestly been one of the most successful housewife franchises over the last like year, two years, and just made a complete comeback. So I'm super excited. Props to them. They deserve it. We love Miami. Um, We did, I'm doing a sharp pivot now, getting off Vanderpump, kind of segueing into housewives here. We did get some news from Gertie from the Houses of Miami that she was diagnosed with breast cancer this week. Um, from the looks of it, it seems like it was caught in an early stage and it is treatable. So prayers for her and her family. I hope she heals quickly and they clean out all the cancer. Um, so I'll kind of stay keep you guys posted on that and and any any more updates we will definitely be sharing amongst the Bravo community. Um, so going into Atlanta, our peaches are back. Um, where the fuck is Drew? Like, how weird is it that Drew's husband shows up without her to the party? Like, what is going on? I'm weirded out. But like this episode, we really see Candy pop off. Like this is a Candy heavy episode. And Candy is usually very like collected and doesn't really 
she shows a lot of self-restraint or just kind of like whatever. But you see her break down when she talks about how she and Todd, I think, I feel like her husband's name is Todd. If it's not for some reason, I'm sorry. I don't know why. I'm so bad sometimes with the husband's names, even though we've known him for years. Um, How he's trying to make his movie and they just, he is like resentful of her and is making it purposefully hard on her to not be a part of, of his endeavors. So that was really sad. And I feel like their marriage is kind of in a, in a tough spot. But then you see Sheree, she by Sheree. You see good old Sheree dating this little young buck that apparently slid into Kenya's DM. So of course, Kenya's going to talk about it. And we see that being teased for the next episode, but things blow up at the end of this one. It's like kind of a slow build and we're going through their lives and the kids and the updates and, you know, the dress, bringing the dresses into, um, you know, Kenya's daughter, whatever, kind of the fluff as I call it. But then we get to the 40th birthday party. So... And and this, I don't know why her name is escaping me. You guys, this is horrible. Beautiful, professional runner with her husband, kind of puts the team on her back, takes care of her whole family. It's his 40th birthday, whatever. But Drew's husband shows up alone, which is super weird. And then kind of adding to the mix of it, there's a new housewife or friend of. I wasn't completely sure if she was a housewife or friend of, but Marlo's back with her peach. And Marlo goes, I am so happy that I'm sitting on the edge of a candy fight and not being the victim of the situation. But her her look when she glances back, I don't I do not know this new girl's name. Should have looked it up before. I'm being lazy. Apologies. But her and Candy get into it. And apparently the issue is this new gal set was heard saying that she was friends with Candy. And she's like, well, I never said that. And that got back to Candy. And Candy's like, well, I don't really know this person. And she's like, well, we met, but no, we're not friends. And I never said that. It was like so stupid. It just was like a game of telephone or semantics, whatever. And Candy just popped off. Like they both just went off on each other. And I think this is because Candy has a lot of pent up, stress and emotion about her marriage, about her life. And this was a perfect way to just kind of, you know, take that out. But in the preview for next week, we see Kenya and Sheree's guy, she by Sheree, get into it. And I don't know how that's going to go, but that seems a little messy. Whenever a man is yelling at a woman, it's like very unsettling. Um, but I'm excited. The season seems juicy. I think we're going to have a lot of marital issues be be the main topic of discussion. Um, so I'm excited to see where things go. Jumping into Summer House, skirting over. I'll, the only – Summer House can be summed up with Danielle, Lindsay, and Carl. That's it. That's it. That's the summation of the situation. Danielle has lost her grip. A little bit on reality. Her reaction to Lindsay and Carl's engagement was insane. It's as if the love of her life was getting engaged to someone else. 
People have said, is she in love with Lindsay? Is she in love with Carl? Like, why the fuck is this overreaction happening? I think neither. I don't think she's in love with either of them. I think she is in such a rough place with Robert and her own relationship. And I think even Robert knows that and kind of uses that as a deflection when he's pulled Carl aside at the end of the episode, which was so fucked up. Like, dude, let him enjoy his engagement. It has nothing to do with you guys. And it's a relief that it wasn't at that party. But you see Danielle at the party talking to all of Lindsay's friends individually saying, yeah, well, Lindsay and I are in the outs. I had no idea about this engagement. Did you? Oh, I had no idea about the proposal. Yeah, we're not in a good place. I'm I'm freaking upset. I need a drink. And it was just so, the secondhand embarrassment was so bad. I mean, I don't know, but like I still felt for her, right? As like, but I also want to make this very clear. No one should expect to know about a proposal, honestly, unless you're direct family. My husband only told my immediate family because they were flying out to see us. My friends had no clue. I think my sister might have told a couple of my friends, but that was it. So I do not understand this weird reaction that honestly all of them are having. Even Sierra was like, well, even if Paige and I were on the outs and Craig didn't tell me, I would fucking kill him. Like, ew, who are you? Like, it has nothing to do with you. Go away. Like, the whole thing was just weird. But this season of Summer House was a huge letdown. I would rate it like a 4 out of 10. And that might be being generous. Like, it was all centered around Carl, Lindsay, Danielle, with a sprinkle of Kyle, a little bit of Amanda drama with her fertility, and a tibbet, just a tibbet, of Craig and Paige's future. And then you get what's her face, Blondie, Samantha, and Corey. Which that was honestly probably the most exciting part of the season was Corey and, and Sam. But yeah, you guys, what the fuck is going on? They need to revive the show. I honestly don't want them bringing a bunch of new people in. And if they do, they need to have their own history. They need to have their own situationships. Like I'm tired of seeing literally the girls just sit in bed, get mad at Lindsay for honestly no justified reason. And I don't really care for Lindsay. I think she comes across as rather rude. I've known people that have met her and have said that. And I know people that know Danielle personally and have said nothing but lovely things about her, which I'm sure is the case. I don't think Danielle's great for TV, though. I just think she's too real and maybe not, you know, she doesn't have the conniving in intrigue that others may bring to the table. So I'm I'm fine saying goodbye to Summer House. Um, I'm excited for Winter House. I know we're not going to get that till later, but I am not excited to see What's Her Butt from Below Deck. I fucking hate her. I mean, uh, her, the whole thing, how it went down with Hannah. Why, why do I want to say her name? It's not Melania, Teresa's daughter, but whatever. I I digress. But yeah, this this season was not great. I'm really hoping they find a way to revamp it because Summer House for a while 
was like one of my favorite shows on Bravo. Um, but I want to know where your guys' head is at. I'm obviously excited for the reunion. I'm not insane. Um, and then what I think we see is some resolution with Kyle and Carl, which is sweet. Um, Carl commented or said something along the lines of, it was nice to see you support us in the episode for our engagement, which I think he did. And, you know, hopefully that smooths things over with them because I do think their friendship is is important. Um, going into New Jersey, it's always bringing it to the table for me. I mean, yes, we're all a little tired of the Teresa Gorgon narrative, but I mean, come on. It's like the focal point always. It has been the focal point with her family. I just think, I think, and Andy said this too, that it's it's going to be over for good with them. I don't think there's a coming back from not going to her wedding. I think it would take significant apology and effort from Joe Gorga, and that's not going to happen. I think after matriarch and patriarch of the family passed away, held them together, I just don't think anything's Anything good's going to come of it. And maybe if Louie does something, but I feel like he has really tried hard to bridge the gap. But again, and I've said this, there is more going on there. There is shit that has gone down business-wise between Joe and Louie that isn't fully flushed out. And then in the periphery, the potential Melissa kissing another man of it all and how they were recently photographed with Joe and Melissa with that guy. It just seemed very like PR staged, like, oh, we're all friends. I don't know what's going on. I think it's possible Melissa made out with another guy. Um, but I also think it could absolutely be a rumor. So I don't know. We'll see. Jen Aiden's always giving it for me and her daughter, Olivia, who might as well just be a full-time cast member herself. Um, and I think I, I'm not as invested in the Zalor and, you know, her new man story of it all. Um, I am happy for her and I hope he treats her well. I'm kind of over the whole Frank narrative in the sense that he's like, you know, I get that it's his immediate family and he wants to spend time with them alone, but yeah, he and his, you know, bimbo GF Brittany, I think she's just a filler. I mean, my Lord, she said to Dolores's man who is from Ireland has a definitely noticeable Irish accent kind of has blended with a Jersey accent, but she was like, so that must've been so hard. You coming over here, not speaking English. And he's like, Oh, like, no, I'm, I'm Irish. We speak English. We just have an Irish accent. Like, Ooh, that was funny though. What else this episode? Um, Melissa or Teresa reads the text from Melissa about her half-hearted promises to basically not come to the rehearsal dinner. I mean, it's just so cringy to see. And I don't get where this hatred from Melissa, you know, why is it still there? Like, she claims she's the one wanting to be the peacemaker and wanting to move forward and smooth things over. But then you have her being incredibly petty and cold to Teresa. I don't know. I would love to see it like 
it all flushed out third party point of view to see if we're missing something. Um, but I, again, I just don't think we can easily come back from this. And then saw during on Instagram over this last week that Tere- or Melissa blocked Gia, Teresa's oldest daughter on Instagram, I believe. I think Melissa commented on this and was like, that's not true or something, but the whole thing is just really dark. Um, real sad, not a fan. Um, and I do hope they can have some kind of reconciliation, but I, I don't think it's going to happen and definitely not at the reunion. It doesn't seem like, and then I think the whole thing with Danielle and how they're so fixated on her brother, I think is super weird. It was, it's definitely a storyline piece. And I want to make something clear because people were coming at the other new girl for her storyline with her adopted son or soon to be adopted son, Rachel Fuda. And they were like, well, this is like, you know, he says he doesn't even want to be adopted. How do we even know this is about him? He said in the most recent episode explicitly, like, in my mind, you're my adopted mother. I, of course, want this to happen. And in the most earnest way he can say is a 16-year-old, 17-year-old boy. But, like, every single housewife has their own storyline. And it's typically about their marriage something in their family, whether it's kids, typically it is kids, or maybe it's a parent relationship, something along those lines, or their health. Like they're going through, you know, we have Emily Simpson with her fucking hip that was broken. We have Jackie with her anorexia. We had Yolanda with her Lyme disease. Like everyone has their own storyline that branches off in those directions. So you can't really falter for that. And I think that's weird that people are calling that out. But I do think Rachel and Danielle being combative toward each other was surprising that Rachel so quickly sided with the Melissa of it all and seemingly Danielle siding with the Teresa and Jen side. Um... I don't know. I don't really get why there's this beef with them. Um, But we see some more explosions happening next week. Um, I know we're getting close to wrapping up to the wedding, which I'm not excited about because then we're left with Atlanta and OC is not coming back till June, I think it is. So we have some time to kill people. And with Vanderpump about to end, I'm telling you, it's gotta be it's gonna be dark times, baby. Uh, last but not least, we got some below deck sailing. I love the show. It's entertaining. I love the Gary kissing everyone and their cousin of it all. So we see the tail end of he and Mads making out, which is one of the blonde stewardesses, stewardess, stewardesses. I can't really. I feel like there's no eloquently to say that. Um, Daisy is not bothered by it. She's talking. We see kind of this initial flirt with her and Colin, which we know is a teaser because we know they hook up, which I think that'll be super weird when that happens. Um, I want Colin to be with the chef. And he said something like that, but then he was like, she has a boyfriend. I don't remember her saying she had a boyfriend. So TBD. 
Um, the one American kid drives me crazy. I think he's disrespectful, obnoxious. Um, right now we have this douchey dad and his seemingly well-behaved, polite children um, on the boat. And his friend just got a gash in his head and had to get stitches. And he seemed oddly unbothered um, about that, even though he was like, oh, where are they the next morning? Anyways. I feel like we're building the momentum for their internal drama. It seems like interiors got to get a lot more drama, kind of got to get the hit in terms of performance. You know, we know Glenn is really close with Gary and Colin. I think he, of course, respects Daisy. I think Glenn is wonderful, but I do think there's more favoritism to the deck crew. Um, just with his relationship and how, and how like he's not nearly as hands-on, um, as our gorgeous Captain Jason from, um, Below Deck Australia. But I do think that Below, Below Deck Down Under, apologies. Um, I do think he's hands-on relatively and he needs to get his own cabin because this is just getting weird. He can't sleep with Tarzan anymore. Um, but we have a hot looking crew excited to see more hookups and where things go. So that about wraps it up, kiddos. Go enjoy your weekend. Please have a cock or several tail or real one dealer's choice or both. Why not? Um, please, if you haven't already rate five stars on Spotify or whatever platform you're streaming from, I have my link in bio on my Instagram at reality sucks podcast with various mediums for you to listen on, including Apple music. So please feel free DM me any more questions, feedback. I love hearing from you guys. I love the Bravo community. You guys are amazing. Um, and thank you again for listening. I love you all and I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.